Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Amen, amen. How's everybody doing this morning? You doing all right? It's good to be here, and uh, I'm excited about continuing our series on Galatians. And, and uh, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Galatians 2. So Paul is writing a letter to Galatia, and just so you know that this is kind of a corrective letter, because after Paul left, some, some uh, Jewish Christians came in, and, and they began to tell the non-Jewish people that, yeah, we're saved by grace through faith, but there's some things that you need to start doing, one of which was circumcision. Amen. And, and, and male, attend, uh, male joining the church dropped dramatically during that period of time. They were like, wait, no, I'm, I, I love the church, but I ain't doing that. No, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. And, and so Paul wrote and he said, listen, you're all wrong. Every one of you are wrong. How quickly you've turned away from what the, the original gospel that I preached to you. That you're not saved by works, but you're saved by faith and grace. Amen. You got you to get this on the inside of you. And so, so Paul is writing this letter and he's correcting them. And we see this even in uh, that Peter began to fall away. Peter was a, one of the original disciples, and, and he began to do the same thing. And I think a lot of people live this life where they end up swinging from one branch to the other branch. They end up going from a tree of grace to trying to fall into the tree of law. And we're always having to fight this balance. And if you want to hear more about that, you can listen to my original message, my first message called The Other Gospel, okay? But I don't have time to go into it because i got a long way to go. In a short time to get there. Okay. Galatians 2, 15 through 21. Here we go. And I'm going to read this out of the message. I just like the way it was worded. I don't always read out of the message. I'm pretty sure that there, there's a recipe for Rice Krispie Treats in there somewhere. All right. Y'all with me? Here we go. We Jews know that we have no advantage of birth over non-Jewish sinners. We know very well that we are not set right with God by rule-keeping but only through personal faith in Jesus Christ. How do we know? We tried it, and we had the best system of rules the world has ever seen. Convinced that no human being can please God by self-improvement, we believed in Jesus as the Messiah so that we might be set right before God by trusting in the Messiah, not by trying to be good. Come on, this is good preaching. Have some of you noticed that we are not yet perfect? Come on, just slap your neighbor and say, you're not perfect. Come on, slap your neighbor, you're not perfect. No great surprise, right? And are you ready to make the accusation that since people like me who go through Christ in order to get things right with God aren't perfectly virtuous, Christ must therefore be an accessory to sin? The accusation is frivolous. If I was trying to be good, I would be rebuilding the same old barn that I tore down. I would be acting as a charlatan. What actually took place is this. This is where we're going to land. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. Some of you need to hear that word right there. You're working hard to try to please God. You're doing everything in your own ability. You're trying to do it all your way. And you're trying to, man, if I could get all of this right, if I could do this, then I would be accepted by God. But here's the thing, is it won't work. So what did Paul do? He said, so I quit being a law man 
so that I could be God's man. Come on, somebody. Christ's life showed me how. You're not in this alone. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. Amen. If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, because we have a saying here that paper doesn't forget, you can title this message, Dead Men Don't. Dead Men Don't. Lord, I thank you right now for the Word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your Word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a Word from man. They've come to hear a Word from you. And so, Lord, right now, I pray that you would use me to speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Everybody said? Come on, we got a saying here, a quiet church is a? And we're not a dead church, are we? All right. Now, with all that said, I I need you just to kind of look at me and just just tell me you love me, okay? Just tell me you love me. Tell me, come on, somebody. Somebody, I need to hear it from you. Tell me you love me. Come on, tell me you love me. Before I get started, I want you to understand something, that this is a hard word. I kind of draw, I drew the short straw in this deal, uh, and, and, th- and that's just the way it is. But, but here's the thing, is that, that I'm preaching a word, and, 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 and here's the thing. If we go a little bit deeper, we all understand that. We're going a little bit deeper. And this word is not preached to grow a church, but it's a word that I'm preaching to grow my people. It's not going to add to church attendance, but here's the thing, is that I want you to hear it because it will help you. It will grow you. It will challenge you. Okay, are you with me? Dead men don't. But the truth is, here's the thing, is that I love grace. I preached a message on grace. Uh, Galatians 1, man, I preached uh, grace, and I love grace. I'm a grace man. Anybody else in here a grace person? I love grace. Like, I, I could, in fact, here's the thing, is that if we did not do series, and they just let me preach on my own, I would preach grace all the time. Like, your grace arm would be massively strong, and you wouldn't be able to do anything else, but, but you would understand grace through and through and through. Because here's the thing is that I don't know about you, but I need grace in my life. I need grace. But at the same time, I also understand this, that while I believe that grace is important and it's absolutely foundational in our walk with God, I also understand this, that there are some things in your life that need to die. There's some things in your life that you need to learn to say no to, that you need to stop letting run amuck in your life and just say, okay, well, you, you have to, we have to start saying, no, we're not going to allow this to continue in our life. We're not going to be this way. I understand that grace is absolutely something that we live on, but if it's something that you rely on and you make excuses for everything that you're doing wrong, can I tell you that you're not doing it right? And here Paul says, he said this, I've been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified. That means something, that I have died. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And Paul is saying this, that there are some things in your life that need to die. 
There's some things in your life that you need to put to death and say, no more. I'm not allowing this to be part of me anymore. But here's the thing, is that I want you to understand that I am not preaching at you. I'm preaching at myself too. Because I, I, here's the deal, is that I'm not perfect. I have issues. I have things. I have things in me that need to die. Just ask my wife. She'll probably be amening through this message the entire time, louder than any of you. Because here's the thing, is that every one of us are in process. You'll hear this, you'll hear me say this over and over again, is God did not re- does not require perfection of you, but he does require all of us to be in process. He requires every one of us to be going through a process, and I see this happen over and over again, is people will come into a church, they'll get plugged in, they'll love the church, and then as soon as people start finding out that they're not perfect, they leave that church. And the truth is, is that we knew you weren't perfect as soon as you walked into this church. We know that you have issues, we know that you're messed up we know that you don't have it all together and guess what we still like you anyway we still love you we understand why do we do that because every one of us has things in our life that we have we we are dealing with and and uh the other day i was uh, reminded of this because i was driving down the road and somebody cut me off Now, I know no one else ever struggles with anger or uh, malice on the roads. Me and, me and Misty are on the same page here. I feel, like, I feel like I can just, me and her, we're bonding here. But here's the deal is they cut me off and I laid on my horn. Come on, somebody. And I didn't yell because I have people in the car with me, but I mouthed the words. What are you? Don't act like you haven't mouthed the words before. You don't actually say it, but you're mouthing. Anybody with me? And later on, here's the thing, is later on I have this thing called the Holy Spirit that begins to convict me because I understand this, that I have children that are watching in the back. And if I, if I let myself, I could believe this, that it, it's not my problem, it was the lady that can't drive. It's her problem. She, she's an idiot. She doesn't know what she's doing. What in the world is she thinking? Who gave her a license to drive a car in the state of Texas? And that's what I want to believe. But here's the truth, is that I have to understand that there's something in me that hasn't died yet. Because anger begins to, come on, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That means there's something on the inside of me that's not right with God. There's something on the inside of me that needs to be put away. Because here's the thing, is dead men don't get angry in traffic. Dead men don't get angry in traffic. They don't yell. They don't mouth the words. They don't. And so I realized something, that there's something in me that needs to change. You know, I had a good friend of mine, and he uh, had a funeral the other day. And they, ended, they expected it to be this really small funeral. And, you know, just a normal size funeral. And, and for whatever reason, this 
place was packed. He said they were sitting, they were full, it was like a second service at Church RC. They were in the foyer. There was people everywhere, okay? There's people, he said they were, it was completely packed in the foyer. It was, it was crazy how full it was. And, and they have the casket up front, and the, 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 the man of God is, is doing the service. And as he's preaching the service, someone stands up and says, so-and-so needs to testify because they, they're, they're family. And so they need to testify. And the man of God said, you need to sit down and hush. <laughs> Fun things you get to do as a preacher, Amen. You need to sit down and hush. And then some of the crowd said, yeah, you need to sit down and hush. Now, this caused a rift in the middle of the service. So what ended up happening is over half of the crowd got up and left. In the middle of a funeral, got up and left. But one man never said a word. And one man never moved. Because guess what? Dead men don't get offended. Dead men don't get angry. Dead men don't get up and walk out because somebody said something that they didn't like. Dead men don't yell at their spouse. Dead men don't lose it on their kids. Come on, somebody. Dead men don't leave a church because the preacher said something I didn't like. Dead men don't do that. And I think a lot of times what happens is as Christians... We end up living a life saying, well, you don't understand. That's just who I am. That's the way I've been doing. That's the thing. No, the truth is, is you're not like Paul who said, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. I told you this was going to be a popular message. See, most of us are praying that God would change our circumstance. But the truth is, is God isn't interested as much in your circumstances as he is in changing you. Romans 6, 6 through 7 says this. Lord, help me. Romans, here it goes. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. How do we do this? How do we live this life, this crucified life? And, and I just want to take a moment over the next few moments just to show you. Because here's the thing is Paul gives us three things that we need to crucify in the book of Galatians if we want to live the life that God has called us to live. Are you interested to know this? Okay. Uh, we, there's three things that we need. And I love this because Paul thinks like me. I give three things. He gives three things. That's just the way it works. Maybe that's just the way I see it. But here's the thing. Is there's, there's three things. The first thing is, is you must crucify self. Mm. You must crucify self. See, this is extremely difficult. And it's a lot easier to say than it is to do. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but we are extremely self-centered people. Never has this been more apparent than in this day and age where we take selfies every flipping day of the week how much of yourself do you love? I mean, I got, oh, have you ever seen girls, teenage girls taking pictures of themselves? 
Like, you look the same as, come on, somebody. What are you, it's a different angle. Why are you taking a picture of it for crying out loud? It's a, here's the thing, but that didn't, st- that, now we just kind of realize it. We see it, but the truth is, is that have you ever, uh, have you, any of you parents have kids, or maybe you've been around kids, maybe you don't have, but have you ever noticed that a toddler, if you walk up and you take a toy that belongs to them, Without teaching them, without actually, I've never had to one time explain to my kids this, but they will walk up to you, they will grab that toy back, they will rip it out of your hands, and they'll say this thing, mine. Why? Because they're self-centered. It's just in their DNA. It's who they are. And here's the thing, that if we allow it to continue in our life, it will continue to grow. It will get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger if we let it continue to go in our life. But here's the thing. So we have to learn to crucify self. We have to learn to put to death the, th- the self in our lives where it's all about me. I don't care about you. Here's the thing is that it, we need to be more focused on other people than we are on ourselves. 1 Corinthians 15, 31 says this. Paul said, I die daily. I die daily. See, most people think this, that becoming a Christian is a one-time decision. But can I tell you that it's not a one-time decision? It's a decision that I have to make every day. Well, no, no, are you saying that you're not once saved? No, I'm not, that, that has nothing to do with once saved, always saved, or what, what, can you lose yourself? Has nothing to do with it, but every day I wake up, and just like Paul, he has to die every day. He's, every day he has to make a decision to say, you know what, today is the day. I'm going to follow Jesus. I know that I'm not going to want to. There's going to be some things in my life that I'm not going to want to do, because I understand this, that at the very center of myself, I am very self-centered, and if I If I let myself go, then I won't do everything that God has called me to do. See, you got to understand that becoming a Christian is always making a decision. When you wake up in the morning, Lord, today I choose to follow you. Today. I, I pray prayers like this in the morning. I'll pray, Lord, Lord, help my attitude today. Because I know at the center of me, I've got, I've got a stinking attitude sometimes. Lord, use my mouth today to speak words of life and not words of hurt. Lord, use my hands today to do something good for people and not do evil. And you begin to pray prayers like this every day. See, here's the thing. Here's the action step to living this way. It's humility. It's humility. It's simply being, being, living a life of humility. That's what's, that's what's so important for us to begin to do. When you begin to pray and you begin to be humble and you begin to live a life of humility, God will begin to change your life. Humility is not something that comes naturally, but is a, a cardinal virtue that should be pursued. More than any other. It's a cardinal virtue. The Joyce Meyer said that. 
Humility is not something that comes naturally, but it is a cardinal virtue that should be pursued more than any other. Number two is we must crucify flesh. Galatians 5.24 in the New Living Translation says this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Now here's the thing is I want you to get this, that your flesh is not your skin and your, your you know, muscle. That's not, the, that's, not, that's not what we're talking about here. It is literally your passions and your desires. Okay. That, that's one thing. I, now, it's getting awful quiet in this church. <laughs> Some of y'all, you know you didn't. I know you didn't. It's okay. Here's the thing, is that we have, to, we have to understand that a lot of people make excuses for who they are. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. My granddaddy was an angry man, and my daddy was an angry man, and so therefore I am angry, and there's nothing I can do about it. It is in my DNA. Well, you don't understand. My dad was a womanizer, and he cheated on my mama, and I'm a womanizer, and I cheat on my wife, and that's just the way it is. And what happens is, is we end up making excuses for who we are because we honestly like who we are. But that's not the way it works. See, we have to learn to say, you know what? I don't care what my granddad was. I don't care what my dad was. Here's the thing is that the the Bible says this, that everyone in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I don't have to be angry anymore because I understand this, that my God has set me free from that. But we have to make a decision that we're not going to let that. Don't make excuses for it. Stop making excuses for, well, you don't understand. My whole family has an addictive personality. Can I tell you that God can set you free? Don't make excuses for it. I'm not saying, I'm not up here preaching to you to try to condemn you. I'm just here to preach to you to say, you can do better than that. You can live above that. In Joshua 24, 15, it says this. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Here's the action step to this process. Is make a choice. Make a choice. Every day you need to make a choice that I'm going to live the way God lives. I'm not going to make excuses for, for the, my personality. I'm, I'm tired of it. See, because I understand this, that I, I know I'm not perfect and I know I have issues, but as soon as something comes up in me that I know needs to change, I don't excuse it away. I say, God, Lord, I need your help. I need your help. I need to get rid of This thing needs to go away. I don't want it in my life. I don't want it to be around me. I, I don't want to make excuses for it so that I live with it. But I want to I make a choice today that I'm going to live your way. That I'm going to act like God wants me to act. Number three. Galatians 6.14, it says, 
And it's this, crucify the world. Galatians 6, 14, let's read it. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been, come on, say it with me, crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died. Here, here's what I want you to get out of this. Crucify, well, how do I crucify the world? Here's this, is we need to have a world filter. We need to have a world filter. Let, let, me, let me put it this way. As a Christian, this is what I believe. That I believe that we shouldn't listen to or watch everything that the world has to offer. Now, what that looks like to you, that's, that's up to you. I'm not here to tell you, oh, well, you can't watch rated R movies. Or you can't what, listen to Eminem. That's up to you. But I do believe this. That we need to have a world filter. And we need to, there, there's something that happens whenever I, I can get in the room. And I, I'm telling you, every one of you are like, well, I don't know how to hear God. I promise you, you know how to hear God. I promise you, you, you walk into some place that you shouldn't be, and you get this feeling in the pit of your stomach that says you shouldn't be here. Now, you can drink that feeling away, or you can do whatever you want, but, and that feeling will go away. But the truth is, is there's something in the pit of your stomach that says you shouldn't be here. And we need to begin to have a world filter. And say, you know what, just because everybody else, let me just tell you, church, come on, there's some things that you shouldn't listen to. Well, I just like the beat. But there's something in you that knows when you turn it on that I shouldn't do it. I had a, I had a friend that was asking me, he, he, he had struggled with an addiction, and uh, and it was, it was just something very minor. And he, he kind of came to me and he said, Hey, Pastor, can I ask you a question? Do you think this is a sin? Well, honestly, in the Bible, there's nothing in it that, there was nothing in the Bible that convicted that of sin, that said this is a sin. And so I told him this, and this is what I tell a lot of people. As soon as the Lord speaks to you that you should quit, quit. And until then, don't worry about it. Well, how can you say that? How, 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 here's the thing, because whenever, you say, whenever the Lord tells you to do something, to quit it, then it becomes disobedience if you don't. And then, guess what? Now we're dealing with something that I can preach against. Amen? My dad was a dope-smoking hippie. And uh, I love him. He's crazy. And uh, he's my pastor. And um, he's, an, he's an amazing man of God. But, you know, whenever he got saved, he got saved back in the 60s. And to celebrate, my dad went out and got high as a kite. He was so happy that he had been set free from sin that he got high. But just because that's where he started doesn't mean that's where he stayed. And there's some of you that have been Christians for 40 years and you're at the same place you started. 
because you've been making excuses. And my dad went through a process. And I don't know where you are in your walk with God. Maybe you still are doing drugs and you don't feel convicted about it. Just keep coming to church. Keep loving God. Keep doing what you're called to do. You'll get there. Just because it's some place that we started. Here's the thing is that I don't want us to stay where we start. I want us to continue. And I'm telling you this as your pastor. Something that I still want to do is I want to continue to grow as your pastor. I don't want to stay where I'm at. I want to continue to get bigger and better in the things of God. I want my old man to continue to die daily to where I'm continually saying, you know what? I'm more and more like God every day. That's a cry in the prayer of my heart. As your pastor, it's the cry prayer of my heart for you our action step here is separation separation see we're called to be in this world but not of this world at the church RC we aim to help you encounter Jesus If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.